Wow, a month is nearly gone already, hasn't it? And uh, some back to work tomorrow, probably some already back to work. Uh, some students probably got a great life, haven't they? They got quite a few more weeks to go yet, and uh, but it's going to be a great year. And uh, we're doing a series through January. We're talking about the promises of God, and uh, you've probably made some promises to yourself, uh, New Year resolutions at the beginning of the year. How are you going with those? Probably, uh, maybe not so good. Uh, I want to just to suggest to you there. There are some promises that God has given to us which will probably last a little bit longer than the promises that you made to yourself at the beginning of the year. God's promises are important. God's promises are what we hang our hopes upon. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him amen to the glory of God through us. And so we have to hang on to the promises of God. When everything else around us maybe is shaking and maybe is confusing and not so good, God's promises, they are like an anchor to our soul. What gives us peace in times when everything around us just seems to be chaos and uncertainty. And there's a great story in the Bible about the nation of Israel and they've come out of Egypt and uh, been captives there for 400 years and they were following God, had spoken to them, said he was going to give them a promised land. And uh, so uh, eventually after 400 years, God takes the nation through Moses out of Egypt. They spend 40 years wandering through the wilderness. They see miracle after miracle that happened uh, to get them to the place that waters open for them. And finally, they're standing on the edge of the promised land. And uh, I just want to pick up uh, the story from there. So if you've got your Bibles or you've got your notes, I don't, verses in your notes. And uh, Joshua chapter 4 and in verse 1. Let's read that, uh, shall we? And it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them to take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place you will camp tonight. And so Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel, and he told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan, in front of the ark of the Lord your God, each one of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel, and we will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. And so the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed a memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. And so these stones, they were to be a memorial. God said to Joshua, there's going to be a time, there's going to be another generation, a generation that are not going to have been born in Egypt, who are not going to have been born in the wilderness. There's going to be a generation that were born in the promised land. They will not remember slavery. They will not remember wandering around in the wilderness. They will not remember the miracles that God did, how God parted the waters, how the water came out of the rock, and how they had central heating at nighttime when they walked through the wilderness. They will not remember the great miracles, how God helped them to defeat the enemy. They won't remember all of those things because they will just take them for granted. They were born in the promised land. 
They never knew anything else. They've never, never known all of these things that their parents, their grandparents, and so on went through. They had always been there. They'd never known anything different. And God is warning them. Later, he warns them that this is what is going to happen. He says here in Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 17, he said this, You may say to yourself, My power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to his ancestors, as it is today. And you kind of think, how do we stop this from happening? How do we stop just, you know, we can't help it where we're born. We're born in a generation. But how do we stop it from happening that we become complacent? How do we stop it so that we forget about God, we forget about the promises of God, we forget about the goodness of God, the miracles of God, and all the things that God has done? And how do we stop it? You know, how do we keep our faith fresh in life? And I want to suggest to you a few things out of the story how we can do that. And the first thing I want to suggest to you is don't forget the previous sacrifices. Don't forget the previous sacrifices. God said, take these stones and pile them up where you live. And so when your children, when your children are going to come past and they're going to say, what do these stones mean? Then, then you can tell them, you can remind them that it was God who brought you out of slavery. It is God who has given you what you have today. If, if you've got freedom today, it, it's the story behind these stones here. If you've prospered, then the story is about these stones. And, and if you've got a talent where you've had success in some way, then the story is, be, is about these stones. So when your children come and they ask you, what do these stones mean? What's this all about? Tell them how God was with you. God was with you, brought you out of slavery. God was with you, took you out of the wilderness. God was with you and opened the, the waters of the Jordan and took you through into the promised land. These stones, they carry a story. They carry a story about the goodness of God, as we've been reminded about this morning. They tell a story about the promises of God. See, we, we must never forget the, the, the sacrifices of the previous generation. We walk on the shoulders of the generation that has gone before us. Your ancestors have sacrificed to give to you what you have today. I was reading a little bit about our family history uh, recently and about my great-grandfather. And so he was a soldier in the 65th Regiment of the Imperial Army that left Ireland and they were carrying a shipload of convicts to Australia. So as a family, we always like to do our bit in helping our neighbours across the Tasman and, and uh, so we were part of bringing them there. Uh, but he was smart enough not, not to stay there. Uh, he came on another ship across to New Zealand, probably because he had to be a soldier. There was some wars that were going on in New Zealand at that time. But they came, and, and this around about 1850 they arrived here and established a life here in New Zealand. And it was hard. Uh, recently I was down in Tikawiti visiting my cousin, and uh, my grandfather, his house uh, is not far from where he lived, well, the house, where the house was. The house is not there anymore. Uh, but... It was rough. That land is hilly. They lived hard lives, breaking in that land, living in a house like this house would not pass the government regulations for a landlord today. I can assure you of that. It, it's a tough life that they had. And I really admire migrants that come to New Zealand. We, we've lived overseas before. We've lived overseas for about 18 months. But we always had our house back home. We always, family was always back. We always knew that at some point we were going to come back and live again in New Zealand. But migrants that come, what huge faith, sell up everything. 
Move away from your job, your security. Move away from family, from friends. Uh, come to a country which uh, maybe some have never been to before, not knowing why, why, uh, what the country is like. And, and when you ask them, why do you do it? They, the answer is the same. They want to have a better life for their family. They want to have a better life for their children. Two Sundays ago, we said farewell to Pastor Boyd and Sharon as they moved down to take up a position as senior pastor down in our Wellington uh, Elam Church. And it's a great story. Uh, but the real heroes of the story, I believe, are Boyd's mum and dad. Uh, Boyd's and Sharon are moving to Wellington. It's an established church, established congregation. And, and uh, you know, they're still, uh, still in the same country. But Boyd's mum and dad, they lived in the north of Sri Lanka. And there was a war going on there between the Tamil Tigers and, and, and the government of Sri Lanka. And so they uh, escaped out of the north. They came down to Colombo. And eventually they didn't quite know where they were going to end up, whether it was England, Australia, New Zealand. But they wanted a better life for their children. And I think, what huge faith. What amazing sacrifice. You know, now they can see their son and, and their, their children, their grandchildren, and, and, and living a great life now. But what a journey of faith they took. To me, they are the real heroes of the story here. And it's great to see Pastor Boyd and Sharon take a step of faith. But we need to remember that the story didn't begin with them. See, these stones tell us not to forget the generations that have gone before. If they hadn't have done what they're doing, what they did, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. And if we forget this, it's very easy for pride to come and set in into our lives. See, history is a muddy business. You know, we wash history, we talk about history, you read about it, and, and it looks nice and clean, and it looks really exciting and glamorous, but actually, it's really a muddy business. And we forget that, you know, it was really, in reality, a struggle for it to happen. If you head out to our botany campus at the moment, the builders are out there. We're doing beautiful extensions out on the botany campus, about a $5 million extension, and uh, building a, a huge calf and uh, children's rooms and uh, offices above that, and it's just going to be absolutely outstanding. But remember, you know, once there was nothing. You know, the, the, the congregation there out there at botany started in the school hall. Folk had to set up chairs each week. Uh, the children was not in lovely buildings upstairs. The children were in locker rooms down below. The crash was in the corridor outside the principal's office, and uh, the toilets were out in the corridor outside the principal's office. We don't talk about that. That was it. Wasn't actually a really great start. Uh, what we have today, you know, is not the beginning. I don't know how many here remember that this congregation started in a hall in Freeman's Bay. Anyone remember that? Hey, what? Two is it? Two out three. Three out of the four. We've got a couple here, five. Yeah, we've got a few. Maybe there's a dozen or so that remember out of this huge congregation here this morning, there's a handful, two handfuls that remember the beginnings in a Freeman's Bay Hall. And the beautiful facilities we have today, we're not always here. See, we mustn't forget the previous generation, the sacrifices that they made to give us what we have today. See, God gives to us a promise, and his promise that gives find the yes and the amen in him. But there is a journey, there is a sacrifice that has been made to see those promises fulfilled. And so don't forget the previous sacrifices. Secondly, don't forget the promises of God. Don't forget the promises of God. In the story here, the people were uncertain, Joshua's uncertain. Uh, as far as God is concerned, Joshua is an unknown product. 
He comes down to the Jordan River. All he has to fight with as he comes down to the Jordan River is the promise from God, as I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. That's all he had. And he comes down to the Jordan River, and this time it's the Jordan River with Moses. It was the Red Sea. And uh, he comes down and stands. But the conditions haven't changed. It's like this flooded Jordan River. It's a season of flooding that is there before him. How do they get across to the other side? He had just taken over from this great leader, Moses. But the previous miracle had been with the previous generation. It had not been their faith journey. And most of the previous generation now had passed on. And so Joshua comes down to the edge of the Jordan River. All he's carrying is the promise of God that God will be with him, and nothing happens. Stands at the edge of the water, and nothing happens. This is his great moment. This is to validate him taking over the leadership of Moses. This is to silence all of the critics that felt that they should have been the leader and not Moses, and not Joshua the leader. This was going to shut them up. God was going to do an amazing miracle. He stands on the bank of this swelling Jordan River like Moses did at the Red Sea, and nothing happens. Nothing at all happens. The priests are behind him. The people are behind him. The promise of God is before him, and nothing happens. What do you do when it's your moment? And nothing happens. What do you do when it's your moment and and you're carrying something from God, but nothing's working? The promises are not happening. The text is not not happening. This text here is not about what God did, but but about what what didn't happen, what God didn't do. And he's standing there, nothing is happening. And if God was going to be with him as God was with Moses, he should have been able to stand at the edge of the Jordan River and hold up his hand or hold up a staff or something, and the waters part, and then they all walked across, and nothing happens. You kind of imagine what the crowd behind him was saying. Imagine the whisperings. You can almost feel like he would have been going a bit red in the face. His heart was beating a little bit. He had told the people that God was with him and there's no move from heaven. There's no wind blowing. There's nothing at all, no water parting. It's like everything is happening as if there's no anointing at all on him. He hasn't got it. And this is the moment that he has to make a decision. See, when nothing is happening, when God's given you a promise and nothing is happening... You have to make a decision. What are you going to do? You're going to tuck in your tail and turn and run? Or are you going to step forward on the promises of God? You have to decide. God said, as I was with Moses, so I shall be with you. What he didn't say, what I did through Moses, I will do through you. Quite different. He said, I'm going to be with you as I was with Moses. There's a promise. He says, now step into the water. He went down to the water. Priests are following him. It's like this unmovable object that's there that's not going to move. Swell into the Jordan. See, are you ready to move into something that maybe at the moment you're carrying a promise from God, but it's not moving? See, there's nothing happening. You're standing in front of something and you're carrying a promise from God and it's like it's thrown back up in your face and, and people sort of laughing and, and questioning and, and telling you that, that 
your God doesn't work and it's not going to happen. And if God was with you, your husband wouldn't have left you. If God was with you, then you wouldn't, uh, all hell wouldn't have broken forth in your life. If God was, was uh, with you, your business wouldn't have gone. Uh, if God was with you, that opportunity wouldn't have closed down. If God was with you, you wouldn't have had to go on through that storm. If God was with you, you wouldn't have to fight off the only thing. And all you've got is you're hanging on to a promise of God. It's the only thing you've got. Is God faithful? Is God faithful? He's standing there. His feet are in the water. He's walking in there. His feet are getting wet. And he's standing on the promises of God. See, don't forget the past sacrifices. Don't forget the promises of God. Third thing I want to suggest to you is to have your own faith story. Have your own faith story. See, it's, it's important to remember the previous sacrifices. It's important to remember the promises of God. But there comes a point in your life where you're going to have to step out on those promises and have your own faith story. You can't live on your parents' faith. You can't live on the faith of a previous generation. You know, sadly in the Bible we read that this is what happened to the people here. They didn't have their own faith story. They forgot about the miracles of God. They forgot about the promises of God. They settled into the promised land and they saw no miracles. We read in the book of Judges over and over again after the death of Joshua that the different tribes of Israel were not able to get rid of the enemy out of the land because they did not believe God. Next chapter after Joshua died, it says in Judges chapter 2, it says, The angel of the Lord went up to Gilgal from Bochum and said, I brought you up out of Egypt. I led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you, and you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. Yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you, and their gods will become snares to you. See, you have to have your own faith story. You may be in the middle of a transition. You may be in the middle of change. You may be in the middle of an obstacle. Maybe you thought it was God was going to work some way and God didn't work that way. And you're kind of wondering, well, if, if God didn't work the way that you thought he was going to work, then maybe God is saying no. See, just because God doesn't part the waters when you're standing on the bank doesn't mean that he's not going to part the waters as you step out into the middle. Have your own faith story. We see Joshua begins to step into the water nothing happens getting deeper nothing happens what does he do see even the type is finished the, the type was that that uh, the history told him that yes you hold up your rod and the waters part and their parents would have told them in our day when we went through the waters when we crossed over the red sea we didn't even get our feet wet and now they're stepping in and their feet are getting wet. The type is different here. You can kind of imagine them. Didn't happen like that in the good old days. This can't be a move of God. Didn't like happen like that. In the old days, we used to do it this way, you know. And uh, God's not with us on this one. This is not a true move of God. But Joshua kept walking. And even in the murmuring and the complaints, he kept walking. And even in the controversy, he kept walking. You know, we look around us and the country is in controversy. The world is in controversy. Some people are trying to figure out what do you do. What do you do? Keep on walking. Holding on to the promises of God and keep on walking. Joshua and the priests, they get down into the water. They get into the middle of it. When they step into the middle there, 
we find in the middle of the mess there, God shows us up. You know, I kind of think that's how faith works, isn't it? We can sit and wait and we can pray and nothing ever happens. But faith means that we've got to have our own faith story, so we've got to keep walking. And we keep walking and we keep walking. And God's promises to us is if, if you keep walking, if you get halfway, I'll meet you halfway. You start, step out in faith, I'll step out and reach to, out in faith to you as well. well. We'll meet in the middle. Somewhere in the middle there, God will roll back the waters and make a way for you to cross over. That's God's promise to you. That's faith working. And so God said, every place where the priest's feet stood firm, take a rock. And so when all the children of Israel passed over the other side, God said, take a rock and take that rock and I'm going to turn your moment into a memorial. I'm going to turn your moment into a memorial. A memorial is something you remember. A memorial is something that you teach your children. A memorial is a standard that sets you apart from uh, other people. A memorial is your story, it's your history, it's, it's your destiny, it's, it's your legacy. See, don't leave this planet without leaving your own memorial. You need a faith story. See, something to prove to the world that you were here. You're not just passed through as a blob on this planet and came out the other side, but you, you left a memorial behind to, to, to prove that you were there. Something you could say, God worked through my life. God made a way for me. God opened a door for me. God enabled me to, to do something. The Bible says that the priests were forbidden to leave the Jordan without the stone to tell their story. See, have faith. Have a faith story. Place your feet on things Placing your feet, it's like placing your feet on rocks. That's cre creating stories, that are creating memorials. You're going to carry those with you and, and build a memorial on the other side that there's going to become a time when your children are going to ask, what do these stones mean? What's it, what's it all about? And, and, and you, you can tell them that, that when your children ask, you can tell them how the Lord was with them, how the Lord was with them when he brought them out of Egypt. The Lord was with them when he took them through the uh, wilderness. The Lord was with them when he took them, parted the waters and took them into the promised land. It's your faith story. You have your own faith story where you can tell them, uh, your children, how the Lord was with you in the chaos. The Lord was with you and helping you to build your business. The Lord was helping you to make a way. The Lord was with you and helping you to settle into a new country so that your children can have a better life. You can tell them the miracles of God, how God was with you as you made a way. You leave a memorial for your life. See, 2021, I reckon, is a great year to have a faith story. The world is in chaos. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord sets up a standard. It's great when things, there's chaos all around us. That's a great time for the people of God, the people of faith, to build a faith story. And I just want to really encourage you this year, let 2021 be a year where you build a faith story. Let 2021 be a year where you put your feet on some stones so you can take those stones, you see the miracle of God work in your life, and you can build a memorial that will last, a legacy that you will leave behind in your life. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that your promises that you will never leave us or forsake us. Your promises, O oh God, that uh, as we walk, that you will enable us to walk on the waters. Lord, that you will take us, O oh God, and you will take the ordering and cause it to become the miraculous. You'll take what seems to be nothing, O oh God, and you'll make it significant. 
You'll take lives that seem to be nothing, O oh God, and you will use them to fulfill the destiny, the purposes of God in our generation. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.